The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. Here is the news. An interactive digital platform of a virtual duplication of the library cave in the Morgao Grottoes, a UNESCO World Heritage Site in Dunhuang, in northwest China's Gansu province, is now accessible to the public. Jointly developed by the Dunhuang Academy and leading Chinese tech firm Tencent, the platform reproduces the historical scenes of the library cave over 100 years ago in the digital world through advanced gaming technologies. Based on the platform, visitors can experience role-playing and time travel to ancient dynasties and interact with eight historical figures, immersing themselves in the Dunhuang culture. The library cave in the Morgao Grottoes was discovered in 1900, with more than 60,000 cultural relics dating from the 4th century to the 11th century unearthed. It was one of the most important archaeological discoveries in the 20th century. According to Zhao Xiaoxing, director of the Literature Research Institute of the Dunhuang Academy, researchers have made deliberate studies in literature, architecture and music related to the cave before establishing the digital platform. Su Bo Min, director of the Dunhuang Academy, said more efforts will be made to explore new forms for displaying cultural relics and offer the public more immersive cultural experiences to promote and develop the Dunhuang culture. The public can access the platform via the website of Digital Dunhuang www.e-dunhuang.com slash index.htm and its WeChat mini-program. The platform will also release new versions in different languages such as English, Japanese and Korean. This is Special English. China will appropriately shorten the negative list for foreign investment as part of efforts to promote high-level opening up. Meng Wei, spokesperson of the National Development and Reform Commission, told a press conference that efforts have been made to re-evaluate the effect of the list over the past few years and learn about the demands of foreign-invested enterprises. Meng said China retains its appeal for foreign investors 
as the country's long-term economic growth provides opportunities, citing the increasing foreign direct investment inflow and frequent business trips of executives from global firms to China in recent months. Meng pledged more moves to proactively utilize foreign investment, saying that policies to channel more foreign investment to advanced manufacturing, high-end technologies and modern services, as well as the central, western and northeastern regions of the country, will be fully implemented. She said special working mechanisms for major foreign investment projects will be further exploited, while development zones will be better leveraged to attract overseas investors, adding that better services will be provided. This is Special English. Earthquake prediction has always been a challenge globally. It has been hard for scientists to accumulate enough cases of destructive earthquakes for statistics gathering and to validate prediction methods and theories. Over 1,800 years after Chinese inventor Zhang Hung developed the first ever seismoscope, scientists are now carrying out research on earthquake forecasting using a satellite named after him. China plans to launch the Zhang Hung 102 satellite in the near future, and the new satellite will enable round-the-clock monitoring and extend the observation range to Earth's north and south poles, enhancing its ability to observe changes in Earth's system. Launched in February 2018, the first China seismo-electromagnetic satellite, Zhang Hung-1, was designed to capture the electromagnetic signals in space, offering support for earthquake forecasting, as well as space weather monitoring and warning. According to Shen Shuhui, the chief scientist of the satellite program, over the past five years, Zhang Hung-1 has observed about 60 quakes of magnitude 7.0 and above, as well as nearly 600 quakes of magnitude 6.0 and above worldwide. Shen said using the Zhang Hung 1, they have obtained global geomagnetic field data and global low-frequency electromagnetic spectrum data, and established two models for the subsequent data research. He added that scientists have found 
that up to 80% of earthquakes, measuring magnitude 6.0 or higher, exhibit precursory signals half a month before the event. Shen said the Zheng Hung 1 satellite enables scientists to extend their observations to global scales and conduct statistical studies with large samples. While acknowledging the advances made by the Zhang Hung 1 satellite, Shen has conceded that there is still a long way to go before accurate earthquake forecasting can be achieved. You're listening to Special English. Activities such as art classes could be recommended as an alternative to medication for patients in England as part of a major initiative to reduce the number of people becoming dependent on prescription drugs. New National Health Service guidelines will put in place facilities to help people coming off the long-term use of prescription medicine and advise general practitioners to review patients' medication regimes. Tony Avery, the National Clinical Director for Prescribing at NHS England, said medicines offer a fantastic range of tools to provide care that can be positively life-changing. However, medical professionals need to be alert to the risks of some medicines and the framework the NHS is publishing empowers local services to work with people to ensure they are being effectively supported when a medicine is no longer providing overall benefit. The NHS report drew particular attention to projects carried out in the county of Gloucestershire. One service, called Art on Prescription, was described as a form of social prescription and is a non-clinical intervention delivered by art practitioners for therapeutic benefit. Another course, called Art Lift, begins with a personalised What Matters to You conversation prior to the start of the programme and reported 83% improvement in participants' mental well-being. The so-called social prescribing has been suggested before and some experts say the evidence increasingly shows that activities like social clubs, art, ballroom dancing and gardening can be more effective than medicines for some people. This is Special English. I was born on the 17th of November. Delve into a world of words with books and beyond. 
a podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered children. what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon she... you, limpid one. Why have you taken... Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context game initiative. There was initiative. no better wine, and not to mention... The Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app. Are you one of the many looking to improve your English language skills by watching films or TV shows but feel it's too fast or get lost in the words? Well, slow things down with Special English, where you can polish your reading, listening, and pronunciation at your own pace. Get caught up with current news and international affairs while getting your daily English lesson with us. Find us on Apple Podcasts by searching for Special English. You're listening to Special English. Retirees in China are increasingly forsaking a life of leisure to pursue second careers close to their hearts. They are discovering new interests, in particular passing on their skills to young people, and also escaping boredom after finding it hard to remain idle. It did not take long for Beijing resident Li Jie, who is in his sixties, to realize that life in retirement, which is envied by many, was not for him. He had few domestic matters to attend to, and little interest in engaging in casual conversation with other retirees at his residential community. Lee said that he felt as if a piece of his life was missing, and that he needed a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Before retiring about two years ago, he worked as a private tutor at local gyms for ten years. However, when his retirement benefits eventually came through and he no longer had to worry too much about money, he found that he missed the workplace. Lee said many people his age may feel that they have finally arrived at the point where they no longer have to work and that they have sufficient time and money to chill out. But he took this as a sign of leaving society. He just didn't want it. As Lee became increasingly bored in the months after retirement, he was convinced that he needed to find work he could enjoy, and he figured it didn't have to be something too challenging. He said that 
as long as he could do the work, he would no longer have that empty feeling, and every day would be meaningful. Although his wife disagreed with his decision, Lee opted to return to an occupation with which he had become fully accustomed over the years. In 2020, he became a group class trainer at Highly Fit, a sports technology company. A decade of experience enabled him to land the job quickly. The job opened a new chapter in his life. Lee resumed his highly disciplined routine by working out regularly at parks and gyms. While acquiring the skills needed for body combat, a high-energy workout inspired by martial arts, Lee said those taking the group class are mostly young people, and he enjoys interacting with them after the workout sessions. Some of the students have become friends with Lee Jie. Affectionately referring to him as Uncle Jie, Lee said it feels fulfilling and rewarding when they finish a class and take a group photo together, all of them drenched in sweat. The students say, "Thank you, Coach," while they applaud Lee. At moments like these, the sixty-plus. Said he realized his life is truly worthwhile. Lee also takes special pride in the fact that some of his new students are amazed to learn his age, and find out he has better stamina than them. Lee currently takes two to four classes a day, each lasting one hour. Lee said he's very happy with his life now, and believes this is the peak time of his life, even when compared to his younger days. As the numbers of China's aging population continue to grow, the ranks of young seniors, those aged sixty to sixty-nine, are also rising. Data from the seventh national census, taken in May 2021, shows the number of people who were 60 or older in China in 2020 stood at 264.02 million, of which 147.39 million. Were in the 60 to 69 age bracket, accounting for 55.83 percent of the elderly population. A recent report by the recruitment portal 51Job said 68 percent of surveyed retirees have expressed a strong willingness to continue working. The portal also conducted a survey among retirees returning to the job market. Almost 47% said they wanted to return to work to realize their personal and social value, 
while 19% looked forward to pursuing better career development by using their skills. Some 34% of the respondents said that they wanted to work to continue supporting their family or to meet higher level consumption needs. Boss Jerpin, another Chinese jobs platform, reported that last year the number of applicants it received from people older than 55 rose by 27% year-on-year and the number of job offerings open to retirees rose by 33%. Dang Junwu, Deputy Director of the China Research Centre on Aging, said it is necessary to rebuild a labour and employment system that meets the requirements of an aging society so that both the young and the elderly can find development opportunities. He believes that while ensuring that young people have more job opportunities, it is important to create conditions for healthy young seniors to play their roles. Dang said specific measures should also be introduced including providing more job opportunities, improving the employment environment and perfecting legal guarantees for employing seniors again. This is Special English. That is the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read one of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. Earthquake prediction has always been a challenge globally. It has been hard for scientists to accumulate enough cases of destructive earthquakes for statistics gathering and to validate prediction methods and theories. Over 1,800 years after Chinese inventor Zhang Hung developed the first ever seismoscope, scientists are now carrying out research on earthquake forecasting using a satellite named after him. China plans to launch the Zhanghang-102 satellite in the near future, and the new satellite will enable round-the-clock monitoring and extend the observation range to Earth's north and south poles, enhancing its ability to observe changes in Earth's system. Launched in February 2018, the first China seismo-electromagnetic satellite, Zhanghang-1, was designed to capture the electromagnetic signals in space offering support for earthquake forecasting, as well as space weather monitoring and warning. According to Shen Shuhui, the chief scientist of the satellite program, over the past five years, Zhang Hung-1 has observed about 60 quakes of magnitude 7.0 and above, as well as nearly 600 quakes of magnitude 6.0 and above worldwide. Shen said using the Zhanghang-1, they have obtained global geomagnetic field data and global low-frequency electromagnetic spectrum data and established two models for the subsequent data research. He added that scientists have found that up to 80% of earthquakes measuring magnitude 6.0 or higher exhibit precursory signals half a month before the event. 
Shen said the Zhanghang-1 satellite enables scientists to extend their observations to global scales and conduct statistical studies with large samples. While acknowledging the advances made by the Zhanghang-1 satellite, Shen has conceded that there is still a long way to go before accurate earthquake forecasting can be achieved. That is the end of today's program. I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace.